y'all. Welcome to the Nuga Bell podcast, all about stories of the South, straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things Chattanooga, life in the South, and beyond. Now pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of sweet tea and join us. We're so glad you're here. So I am originally from Chattanooga, haven't been here in a long time, military kid, settled in Virginia, um, went to high school there, graduated from Radford, right down the road from Tech. Yes. Got a job in law enforcement, uh, moved back to Tennessee, lived in West Tennessee, uh, Middle Tennessee, and then finally made it back to Chattanooga. And I live in Saudi Daisy, and so that's how we ended up back here. Awesome. So by day, you are a police officer? Yes, I'm a police officer for the city of Chattanooga. Awesome. What's that like? Do you like it? Yes, I love it. Um, <laughs> it's extremely rewarding. Um, very busy. I work over there by Hamilton Place, Shallowford Road, Lee Highway area. I used to live over there. <laughs> yeah, it is hectic. Uh, traffic is horrible. But yes, I, I love it. Um, I, I don't know if I would do anything else full time, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's a fun job. So when you're not on duty as a police officer, you are big into barbecue, smoking, and grilling. Yes. How did you get into all of that? I, I've been cooking since I was 13. Um, I started uh, just watching my mom in the kitchen. Um, my dad had a, a cheap, probably $100 smoker outside, and the rest was history from there. I just started doing it and learning everything on my own, watching YouTube, watching TV shows, and we're here. Food Network is my guilty pleasure. <laughs> yes, Food Network and YouTube. You can watch about anything on YouTube. It, I think YouTube's like the second biggest search engine now behind Google. Yeah, I did. Somebody was telling me about that the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's blown everything else out of the water. Yeah. Well, and technically Google owns YouTube anyway. So. Do they really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yep. So basically, the top two search engines are Google and Google. <laughs> <laughs> So in all of your adventures with smoking and grilling and everything, have you, how do you come up with your recipes? Do you find inspiration in other things or is it just experimentation? Where do you kind of get your ideas? Um, so a lot of it started off as experimentation, um, trying my own thing. Um, but I, I'm really big into don't fix what's not broken. So I don't have a problem using recipes that I find. Um, some big inspirations to me for cooking-wise is Adam Perry Lang. Um, awesome. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, he has he's had some TV shows. Uh, he's had some stuff on Netflix, um, which he's awesome. So he, he does everything from barbecue to, to fine dining. Um, and then there's people in the competition realm. There's a guy named Chad Ward. He's the marketing guy for the barbecue stuff on Traeger. Um, Diva Q, her name is Danielle. She's out of Canada big into barbecue um so a lot of other cooks um but just everywhere i I try to do a lot of fusion stuff while i'll do all different flavors but cooked american barbecue style Mm -hmm. so that's where i recipes and and just experimenting on my own so one of my favorite things to talk about when it comes to barbecue uh we're both well i'm from north carolina and you spent some time there so north carolina barbecue well there's north carolina south carolina tennessee kansas city all of that uh, do you find yourself playing with like one style over the other, or do you love all styles equally? I love all styles, but I would I would say it's 
man, there's so many, there's so many different types of barbecues. So North Carolina has Eastern and Western style. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the slaw is different. One, the sauce is different. So I'd say my, my pulled pork is probably North Carolina style. Eastern? Yes. Awesome. Um, I like Western style, but if I'm going to, if I cook it for people, it's going to be Eastern style. Awesome. Brisket's done Texas. Um, ribs are done Tennessee. I love dry rub ribs. So I do, I dabble a little bit at all the different types of barbecue. Awesome. I tend to prefer the Western like Lexington style barbecue, but if you put a plate of Smithfields in front of me, yes. I'm not going to turn down Smithfields. Yes. Smithfields is, is pretty good. Um, my parents live right near Smithfields in North Carolina. So it's yeah. awesome. That's like the one thing I always like to do when I go home. My, they, my parents don't have one in their town. There's one like an hour or so down the road. Yeah. So we will like drive that far just to go to Smithfields. Yeah. Their <laughs> sweet tea and their hush puppies are awesome. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on hush puppies. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, so do you do barbecue competitions? Yes. Um, our first one we did was this year in July. Chatterbox hosted. Okay. Um, and we won that one. Awesome. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Very tiring. We were up for over 24 hours straight, but it was a blast. So what are barbecue competitions like? So that was our first one. I've been to a couple, but haven't competed in the other ones. Uh, this was very small scale, local guys here in Chattanooga. So it wasn't that intense, um, but they are uh, from the ones I've been to and, and seen, they're very intense. Um, some guys get really into it and are really secretive and they'll have like their whole sections blocked off, uh, but it's, it's just nonstop. You don't really have time to sleep. So you're constantly on the go and moving around and doing something to get ready for it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, do you have any plans to do any more in the next like near future? Yes. So this is kind of this time of the year right now is winding down okay. on barbecue season competition stuff. There's still smaller ones that'll go on that you can find, but it's not as rare. Usually late spring they start picking back up awesome. and start getting getting busy but yeah we plan on doing more but they're expensive mm-hmm. um and me and my buddy that helps me we, we both work full-time so yeah. it's uh not always conducive to our schedule right uh, well i'll have to come to one i yes. love food festivals and food competitions and a barbecue one is one that i'm sad to admit i have not been to yet they're cool so uh i would look at next year they just did a one in at the lynchburg at jack daniels distillery Ooh, okay so that's open to the public they can come down there uh most barbecue competitions you can go but they aren't they don't serve food to the public so you just have to watch so you have to make sure you're going to a festival that has a barbecue competition gotcha. not just a barbecue competition because you probably won't get to eat anything well that's sad yes <laughs> it defeats the purpose of going yes unless you're a judge Yes, I thought about doing that too, which would be awesome. Oh, that would be awesome. I judged a food competition a couple years ago, and I am not a seafood person. Like, I just, Hmm. for some reason, seafood's just not my thing. Yeah. And one of the courses was shrimp and grits. Ooh, see, I love shrimp and grits. I love grits. I don't love shrimp. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to, like, mark this down just because I don't like shrimp. But I will say, it was very good. Did you eat the shrimp, though? Did you try the shrimp? I tried them. Yeah. I think there were like three on there, and I ate one of them. So the so you like the flavor of whatever how he cooked it, but yeah. just not a big fan of it. Yeah, that makes sense. It was very good. That was like the one thing I felt really bad about. I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm just not a seafood person. <laughs> <laughs> All the other judges were like, What are you doing? Yeah, I love shrimp and grits. Um, favorite place to get them in town? Uh, Puckett's has really good shrimp and grits, and 
there was somewhere else. I can't remember where it was at. I want to say Easy Bistro at one time did Ooh, shrimp and grits. I believe that. I think they did, but it's been a while. But Puckett's is really good. Um, my mom really likes Stir's shrimp and grits. I have I have not been to Stir yet. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Is it? Yeah. Is it like a what kind of food is it? Like a, just like American cuisine mm-hmm. type stuff? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to go. I've never been. It's really good. Nice. Uh, their brunch is also phenomenal. Do I love brunch. Yes. I'm gonna have to remember that. I have been to brunch at Stir for the last two weekends. <laughs> it's right here, isn't it? Yeah. Like right, is it, can it, is it this side or is it over here? Uh, over there. Okay. Yeah, we're recording at the Chattanooga Choo Choo tonight, so we're talking about Frothy Monkey and Stir, which are all right here together. Yes. Yes. But yes, add Stir to your brunch to do ASAP. Okay, I will do that. Um, so one of the things I'm most excited to talk to you about is Thin Blue Smoke. Yes. Is that it? It's yes. on your hat. Yes. Okay, so what is that? So, we kind of, it's it's got a double meaning. So, in barbecue, the type of smoke you want coming out of your smoker is a thin blue smoke. Okay. And in law enforcement, we're known as the thin blue line. Oh, okay. So, thin blue line, thin blue smoke. So, that's why we, that's how we came up with the name. Awesome. Um, but it fits, so it fits both ways, our job and barbecue. Awesome. Okay. So, what do y'all do with it? I've done some catering here. Uh, I've done events for as small as 10 people, and my actually first catering gig ever that I've ever done was for 100 people. Oh, wow. I got way in over my head. <laughs> um, I was exhausted. I was up for two days straight with like six hours of sleep. Oh my gosh. Because um, I was also working. So I woke up in the morning, cooked, dropped the food off, went to work. Oh, wow. Got up the next day and did it over again. And I worked <laughs> second shift, so I didn't get off till one o'clock in the morning. But I had to be up at seven the next morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do catering. Um, we're working on doing pop-ups. We really, really want to get into the pop-up scene here yes. in Chattanooga. And that's really about it. And then the underground stuff. But we'll we'll get into that yeah, a little bit. That's what I'm excited to hear about. Yes. So I never heard of, heard about it until you mentioned it. Yes. Awesome. Well, until then, let's play with my jar. If you've been listening to the show, you know what the jar is, but for new listeners, it is my mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper with fun little questions and things for us to talk about. Yeah, and I know, I think Sarah Jane was picking all the blue ones. Yeah, she so was. So, I may do a different color. Yeah, and they are not color coordinated. So, hmm. the colors do not read as certain themes. Just random, just yep. started writing questions on pieces of paper. Yep. I'll right. start us off with green. Okay. Is winter white acceptable? Winter, like the color white? Like where, so in Southern fashion, you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. Uh-huh. So between Labor Day and Easter. Yeah. And I say winter white is not acceptable. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna be somebody you consider a fashion expert. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna say no strictly because you don't wanna get barbecue all over yourself and wearing white clothes. That's very true. But no, yeah, I guess I would say white is very bright and I feel like you should have more natural colors. Yeah. So I'm gonna go no on white. I, so the, uh, the rules, are, rules, quote unquote, are you're not supposed to wear white, seersucker, or open-toed shoes after Labor Day or before Easter. So like between Labor Day and Easter, no white, seersucker, or open-toed shoes. I don't like the open-toed shoes because I like wearing my chacos year-round. Oh, me too. I love my chacos. Yes. So the only one of those that I will bend is open-toed shoes. But my white gets stored away and my seersucker gets stored away. That um, makes sense. 
the Tuesday after the day after Labor Day, and then they come out on Easter Sunday. Yeah, but it's like an Easter. It reminds me of Easter. Seer sucker in white. Mm-hmm. But the open toe shoes thing. I've seen a lot of people in Chattanooga wear chacos with socks in the Ew, winter. No. Yes, I saw somebody the other day at the mall, Hamilton Place Mall, wearing chacos with socks. Oh no! Oh, bless their hearts. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far. I would just not wear socks <laughs> um, and my feet be cold. But yeah, that I would say no. No to the white and yes to open toe shoes. Agreed. All right, pick one for us. We're going to go with orange because I'm a Vols fan. Nice. The best thing to make over a fire. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to have to go with the steak. Ooh, good one. I'm going to go with the steak. So... One of my favorite ways to cook a steak right now is called reverse searing. I've heard of that. Have you heard of that? Okay. So you get the best of both worlds. So you smoke it at a really low temperature until the internal temperature gets to about 110 degrees. Mm -hmm. And then you put it over extremely high heat until it gets to medium rare. So you get the smokiness and the char like outside from the fire. That sounds phenomenal. Yes. And medium rare is how I like my steak too. Yeah. I think it's the only way you should eat a steak. It's my opinion. Um... There's a lot of like Main Street meats. Mm-hmm. If you go there and get like a burger or a steak, they will not serve it any other way. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 don't they're not happy if they have to serve it above medium rare. Yep. I went there a couple weekends ago. My parents were in town, so I like my steaks medium rare, but my burgers medium. Mm-hmm. And I it didn't even like register with me that they didn't ask how I wanted my burger cooked. So when I when it came and I bit into it, I was like, um. Dad, is that okay? And he was like, it's medium rare, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. A lot of people freak out when their ground beef is still pink. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I want to ask a question, like, you get your steak medium rare, but you want your ground beef medium, or, like, well done? It's like, it's the same meat. I don't understand why there's <laughs> this aversion that people, like, you can't eat ground beef if it's pink. Well, you can't, I, I don't understand that. Never thought about it that way. Yeah. There's a lot of people who freak out about undercooked ground beef. I, I figure as long as it's warm, it's okay. Yes. Yep. So, what was your what was yours? Oh, best thing to make over a fire. fire. Um, well, I love s'mores, obviously. But yeah. if we're cooking like actual food over a fire, uh, a good burger. Yes. We were just talking about burgers, but yes, a good burger. Um, I'm not really huge into hot dogs, so I won't say that. Yeah, we'll go burger, or maybe like a good like get a good cast iron skillet and do like a pizza in there. Ooh, that'd be good. You I can't love, go wrong with either one of those. I love my cast iron. That's yes. like almost all I cook with anymore. Yeah, that's all. I think that's all we We have a couple regular pans, but cast iron's the way to go. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do pink. My favorite food at the holidays. Um, so since we're talking about smoking things, um, my dad came up with this thing a year or so ago. And my dad loves to grill, loves to smoke stuff. He came up with smoked meatloaf. And it is delicious. I would love that. I would like to try that. I don't really remember his methodology, but he's making it at Thanksgiving, so I'll investigate and report back. I know I know there's a thing that's really popular right now, and it's called a smoked fatty. And you take you make bake you take bacon mm-hmm. and make it into a weave and then put ground beef in it and then you put cheese and whatever else you want to on the inside and then roll it up and then smoke it. Interesting. Yes. So it's huh. kind of like a bacon-wrapped meatloaf, basically. Okay. I have not made one yet, but I want to. So it's probably very similar to that, but with bacon. Yeah. Interesting. 
My friend does a bacon lattice on top of her apple pie. That'd be awesome. It's like putting that savory and sweet. Mm-hmm. Like putting every part of people putting cheddar cheese mm-hmm. on a pie. I really like that. My wife thinks I'm weird, um, <laughs> but it's phenomenal. But apples and cheese is like one of the best combinations yes. in the world. So it makes sense. Yes, especially cheddar cheese. Yes. Yum. What about you? See, was it holiday food or was it specifically Thanksgiving? Uh, just holiday food. We eat so much family, we love to eat. Um, <laughs> so we literally do everything. Uh, we made steaks, turkeys, hands. I'm going to have to say turkey for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to have to go with a, we usually do like a prime rib oh. on Christmas or, ste- or some type of steak. So I'm going to have to say steak. Like a steak with really savory side dishes, Ooh, yum. Uh, like Brussels sautéed Brussels sprouts and bacon and that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't know if I could just narrow it down, but if I'd have to pick those two, it'd have to be turkey on Thanksgiving and then st- some type of beef on on Christmas. How do y'all cook your turkeys? Uh, we smoked them. My mom used to roast them, but then she started letting us smoke. We smoke them. Um, but you now we used to get one big turkey, mm-hmm. and now we've gone to getting two smaller ones, and we'll roast one and then we'll smoke one. That's what we do too. Yep. Awesome. Uh, yeah, your turn. Oh, what do we do? Green? Let's do a we'll do blue one. <laughs> this is for you, Sarah Jane. Yes. So I met with her this morning, by the way. Awesome person. Yeah. One concert I'd pay lots of money to see. Um, probably old school Leonard Skinner when they were all still alive oh, and around. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be a show. Yes. I was actually talking about them today. We were actually talking about how the music industry would be different if all of, like, the people that influenced music today, if they were all still alive. Oh, my god! Like, the Michael Jacksons, if he wouldn't have done, gone crazy, um, if Leonard Skinner hadn't been in the airplane crash, um, and just those kind of people, if they were still alive, how it would be Jimmy different. Page. Yes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Leonard Skinner, um, originally, like, when they first came out, that's, I would, I would pay... Uns- absurd amounts to go see them. Favorite Skinner song? Um, Simple Man. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, mine, hands down, Garth Brooks. Yes. Have you seen him in concert? Uh, I have a DVD of his concert, but I have not actually seen him in concert. There, he is phenomenal. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I got I got lucky. I got to see him twice, mm-hmm. back to back nights. Uh, I used to work one of my side jobs. They uh, bring police officers to work at concerts at Amphitheater in downtown Nashville. And he was doing his, um, not his full, it wasn't a full tour. He was only coming out and playing a couple songs. But I got to see him twice, and it was it was phenomenal. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Garth Brooks, hands down. Yeah. I thought when he did his last, like, big tour, I think, like, 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. um, I was in grad school at Elon in North Carolina at yeah. the time. And so we weren't that far from Greensboro, and he had one of his stops was at Greensboro, and I was like, oh my gosh, I might get to go see Garth Brooks, but then tickets were, like, absurd. Yeah. Even, like, the nosebleed seats. I was like, really? Like, I can't justify that. Yeah, I'm sure they were rather expensive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, was, I was sad. A full concert would be awesome to go see him, too. Mm-hmm. But I have that DVD, and the first CD <laughs> I remember listening to was his double live album. Yeah, that was a good one. I grew up listening to that with my mom, so that will always have my heart. All right. Uh, I'll pull an orange one. Okay, I've answered this one on the last episode, but I want to hear yours. Okay. My favorite meal growing up was... Ooh. I'm going to have to let you answer that one for I'm going to think about that for a minute. 
mine and all my friends will laugh at me at how true this was. And it's amazing that I turned out the way I am now. But chicken fingers, mac and cheese, and french fries. That's like classic like kid to college <laughs> to food right there. But then I'm sure you grew into like, now you can get the fancy mac and cheeses with, with stuff in them and on top of them. Um, so. I do not use less than three cheeses in my mac and cheese. Oh, you have to use more than that. Mm -hmm. You have to use three or more. Um, my favorite growing up, I'm going to have to go with schnitzel, German food. Oh, my gosh. So I we actually, because I was a military kid, uh, lived in Germany for five years. Oh, what part of Germany? Launchstuhl. Okay. Kaiser Slotten area. It's a big hospital mm -hmm. um, where they take all the, the soldiers and stuff if they get hurt overseas. Um but German food, I, I love German food. My mom would keep making it when we got back to the States. Um, so I'd probably say that's just quick off the top of my head is, is going to be schnitzel. Have you been to Brewhouse over on Frasier? The first time we went last week, me and my wife went, it was phenomenal. I love that place. Yes. There's schnitzel and spetzel. That's the only thing I ever get. That's what I got. That's exactly. I got the Jaeger schnitzel with the spetzel and the um, beer cabbage. Oh, okay. I haven't had the cabbage yet. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, schnitzel, spetzel, and sometimes if I'm getting that second side, I'll get the, like, potatoes. Yes, we got those too. Mm -hmm. We got the pretzel, and then my wife got the um, bratwurst on the pretzel roll. I really want to try their currywurst. I'm sure it's good. I went to Germany after college graduation, and I had currywurst was the first meal I had there. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I'm here, so went in Rome. Yes. And I got it, and I loved it, and I haven't had it since. That'd be a good place. The guy, I asked him about their cooking there, and he said it's not 100% authentic, but him and his wife, and actually, they're from North Carolina, too. Oh, cool. Um, they just kind of got some German recipes and then put their twist on it. Nice. But it's, it's really good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, they do a good job. All right, finish this off. Uh... Oh, we'll go with that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I never tailgate without uh, beer. <laughs> um, I love craft beer, so uh, I would say beer and something to throw on the grill. Yeah. Do you have a favorite craft beer in uh, Chattanooga? Heaven and Ale. I was quick to answer that one. I've been there a ton. Um, not dogging any other craft breweries here. I love I love them all. They're all very good. But I think the Heaven and Ale is coming out with some of the craziest flavors, like the Sour Patch ones they did, the Grape Jolly Rancher one they did. Um, I just I really like all the innovation and stuff that they're doing there, and mm -hmm. it's it's awesome space and real laid back in there. So. I love their smoothie style IPAs. Yes, those that's my jam. I love smoothie style IPAs, and those are so good. Yeah, the Hop Kush is phenomenal. So my favorite, my two favorite beers in Chattanooga, my top two are Hop Kush and Hutton & Smith's Promenade. Promenade is very good. Um, and then I like the, the um, it's in the purple, is that the Promenade in the purple can? I guess it's the thing, or in Belayon. I like Belayon. That one's good too. Yeah. Uh, my dad's a big craft beer guy too, so whenever I go home, I try to take him some of the beer I can get here that he can't get yeah. in North Carolina. And I've really gotten him hooked on Hutton and Smith, so he always asked me to bring him some of that. And I've gotten him hooked on the Promenade and their Good Schist. The one good I'm, Schist is good. That one's good. Um, they're, and they're canning a lot now, too. I'm starting to see them in, in Food City and gas stations and everywhere. They're, they're cranking out their beer. Yeah. Heaven and Ale, if you start canning. Yes, please. Yes. 
I need I need hop kush in my fridge. And I wish they would. They have the, they have the crowler, um, but I just wish they'd start canning their their regulars. Yeah, I made uh, brownies with their love supreme. Oh. And it was I've only done it once. I need to do it again. And it, they those were some of the best brownies I've ever made. I bet they were. That love supreme is like drinking a dessert. It, yeah, the first time I ever tasted it, I was like, this tastes like brownie batter. Yeah, I need to make a chili with it. Ooh, that'd be good. That would be good. What other types of beer do you put your chili? Uh, typically just a, I'll go get like a Bud Light or Miller Light, just a yeah. cheap lager in there to give it the flavor. Um, but I like doing dark beers, stouts and porters in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and chocolate, chocolate and beef go really well together. Yeah. So I think that would be good to have something real strong in there with it. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that. I usually just throw in like whatever light beer I've got. But yeah. Try dark beer. I'll have to try that next time. That would be good. All right, we'll wrap that up. And if you have a question that you'd like answered in the jar, tweet at me, find me on Instagram, or leave me a review and send me your question and I'll get it added. Okay, so moving on. Um, We kind of touched on this a few minutes ago, uh, but underground barbecue. Yes. You mentioned this to me the first time we talked, Mm -hmm. and I have been super curious and excited to hear more about this ever since. So, what is underground barbecue? All right. Have you, did you do any research on it? Did you like Google it? Okay. Nope. So, I credit, there's probably going to be people out there who would argue with me about it, but I credit the underground movement to um, a place in LA Mm -hmm. called Trudy's Barbecue. Okay. Basically, he did barbecue at his house, and people showed up, and he never, there's no, like, price. He accepted donations, um, and it was basically it was like a big hangout, and so that's kind of where it all got started, and it's slowly starting to make its way east. Um, it's in Texas right now, but there's nobody else here that really does it in advertising. I'm sure there's people you know you can find somebody's cousin that does barbecue, and, and they'll sell it to you or whatever there's nobody here that actually advertises that they do underground barbecue um so that's kind of where it all started and then how we got into it is i had a lot of people at work asking me to do barbecue and then friends started asking me to do barbecue and i was like you know what if i'm gonna have all these people ask me to do it i might as well start advertising it to the public mm-hmm. and it's, it's just a way to do barbecue um obviously i work a full-time job so i don't have time to have a restaurant mm-hmm. um and like I said, I don't, I don't sell barbecue, but if somebody wants to make a donation, uh, they can do that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it all started. That's awesome. So what do you think is the most important aspect of bringing that culture to Chattanooga? So I think that whole, like the secrecy of it mm-hmm. um, would attract people here because they like that kind of thing. Chattanooga kind of has that vibe about it. It's starting to, the city starting to pick up and start, and it, that allure of, hey, I can go get really good barbecue, and it's not at a restaurant, and um, I just think people that would draw mm-hmm. people here that that the mysterious about it, and you know you don't push it that much. It's all done on social media, mm-hmm. um, and the social media aspect is starting to pick up in Chattanooga. Oh, yeah. So I think I think I've timed it right as as far as the the way Chattanooga is growing um, into what we're trying to do. That mm-hmm. would that would be awesome here. It's kind of like the barbecue version of a speakeasy. Yes, that is a I, that is a perfect way to put that. <laughs> that is a perfect way to put that. Yeah, I love it. Um, how do you see that growing here in the next couple of years? Like, how do you see it spreading? 
you know, outside of the, the barbecue businesses here, you really don't see a whole lot of other people, like I said, advertising. You know, they have people that do barbecue competition teams and stuff here. Um, but I think if more people could get involved, um, it would really grow the barbecue scene here. I, I don't I don't think that it's mainly commercialized. Let me, let me start let me back up and say we the barbecue places we have here are good. Um, you know, Edley's is very good. Um, that started in Nashville, but it's still a chain. Same thing with Moe's. Moe's is very good. Their whole hog is phenomenal. And then you have a, sm- a couple small, the Purple Daisy. Have you heard of that place? I've uh, heard of. Haven't been there it's yet. It's Lookout Mountain. So there's places here that do do good barbecue, um, but I feel a lot of it's just so commercialized. So there's not there's not you know one person or pitmaster who's putting their their passion into it. Now that a couple places I've noted like Naked River, um, I know I know of that guy. That's their pitmaster there. Um, and he, his stuff is phenomenal. I was there last week. They had like a preview and I tasted some of their barbecue and it was pretty good. I was impressed. Yeah. So I think, I think it, it, it would help grow the, the barbecue culture um, here in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. And, and as someone from a state that has a huge barbecue culture, yeah. that is the one thing, like I miss my family and all of that, but outside of that, the one thing I miss the most about North Carolina is that like how popular and how strong that barbecue culture is. Yeah, what, what is weird, because if you go a little northeast of here, barbecue's huge up there. And then if you go out to Nashville and West Tennessee, barbecue's huge there. It's like it jumped over this part of Tennessee <laughs> and skipped Chattanooga and moved on. I, I don't know why it's it's not as popular as, as here as you think it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just had that Jim and Nick's open over at Hamilton Place, yes. too. So it's here. Jim and Nick's is very good. Another Mission barbecue. Have you been there? Um, excuse me. No, I haven't been there yet. Okay. It's it's good, too. Mission is good. Jim and Nick's is good. So there's good places here, and it's growing. But I think if we can get some of the people that are that, that have roots in Chattanooga, that have a passion for Chattanooga, and, and bringing awareness to the city and supporting those local brands like everything's, you know, downtown Chattanooga is pretty much all local. So very few chain places. All the chains are on the outside. So I think that would be a, a perfect if we get some of these smaller guys saying, hey, there's a there's a market here for this. Yeah, and you just brought up something that's super important that I've talked about and I think like almost all of my episodes about like the importance of being local and supporting local and how local just seems to drive so much of what this city is about. Absolutely. And I, I think I'm sure that people people who would say that I'm playing the fact that I'm a police officer here, it's, it's not that. It's that. You know, I have a vested interest in the city because I work for it and, and I care about Chattanooga. Um, so people, uh, I feel, would rather support somebody who, who does something like that. Not only, not like I said, not to do because I'm just a police officer, but it's a local guy that they can relate to and that can make good barbecue. And so my hope is they're like, well, I would rather support somebody that does that than a chain restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah about like all the chains being mm-hmm. on the outside and you know there's only a couple here left in downtown and like they're i don't they're not well they may be struggling because of course millennials kill everything apparently um <laughs> but i was hanging out with some friends over the weekend and one of the guys that was with us um had like a friend from college in town and they said that they had been out to lunch or something and we were like oh where'd you go and he said oh we just went to Chili's," and i was like are you kidding oh, me oh man I was like, 
I know I don't know you, but like shame, shame, shame of all the places you could have gone. You went to Chili's. Yeah, they could have. They could have stood in front of Chili's and picked fifteen other places to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I love everything about the food scene here in Chattanooga. Like the local draw, everything, and like yeah. people from Chattanooga are proud to support other businesses from Chattanooga. And I am not originally from Chattanooga. I don't claim to be. I've lived here for three years, but. Even though I've only been here for three years, I feel like I'm just as much a part of this city as someone who's lived here his whole life. Absolutely, and I think that's what makes you a Chattanooga. I mean, there's so, there really are there's so many people that that aren't from Chattanooga that are moving into here and making it what it is. It's not yeah, there's people that are locals that are building it up, but it's it's people that have come in here and have made Chattanooga home. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's awesome. And I know so many people. Like I moved here for my job, but I know so many people who. We're just like looking to move, and they visited Chattanooga and fell in love. Yeah. Like Sarah Jane. Yes. Like, I know her story is not the first I've heard like that, and that just makes my heart happy. Yeah. It's like when when my wife and I first started dating, and we came to visit my family in Chattanooga. uh, We were actually engaged when she when she came down, and she we came one time, and she said, "I want to live there one day." Wow. So yeah, it has that. There's just something about it coming down to Chattanooga. That's awesome. It's like a love at first sight thing. Yes. Yeah. You get the views, you have uh, the downtown, but you can be in the country in five minutes. You can be able to look at mountain, Signal Mountain. Um, there's, it just has everything that you could really want to do. Mm-hmm. And we have seasons here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Awesome. Um, where can we follow TBSQ on the internet to learn more? Uh, Instagram. Um, it's probably the biggest social media outlet we're on. Uh, um, we do have a Facebook. Uh, we do have Twitter. Twitter is a weird animal, though. I don't. I'm. I literally just started a Twitter like a week ago, and it's <laughs> very strange. So yeah, Facebook and Instagram is the best way, um, and that's also how people can keep in touch with the underground stuff. Awesome. So like I said, it's not. It's not advertised heavily. Um, so you, you got to go. You have, people have to, to check in on the, the social media sites and, and see what I'm cooking and when I'm cooking and where they need to come pick it up and that kind of thing. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love that exclusivity. Yes, it's fun. Exciting. <laughs> it's, it's worked out well so far. I've only done it three times um, just because it works. Um, but it's the times that I have done it, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's starting to get to the time of year where, like, it's just cool enough that eating barbecue outside. Yes. And I'll, I'll cook. I cook year round. So awesome. if people want barbecue in in January, I'll be outside cooking barbecue. So. Awesome! Oh, I can't wait. Awesome. Um, well, anyway, thank you, Aaron, so much for joining me. Yes. It has been absolutely wonderful talking to you. You too. Awesome. This has been another episode of the Nougat Bell Podcast. Thank y'all so much for listening.